Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by nutrition coach Stephanie Shaw. Stephanie's story is what prompted her to become a nutrition coach and also the reason she is a holistic nutrition coach. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find her story both fascinating and valuable. So let's tune in. Stephanie, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. You are quite welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. We were introduced by a mutual friend and colleague. I love your story. I love what you're doing. And I'm excited to get you on here to talk to everybody about it all. So first and foremost, who are you? Who am I? I don't know some days. (laughs) But today, (laughs) I am a nutrition strategist. And I work with divorced women who want to lose weight and gain some additional confidence. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. And you have quite a journey for how you got there and essentially why you're there now. So I would love you just to kind of go into your story and, and kind of what the things that you experienced and why you went this direction. Yeah, sure. So um, I always start by saying that I have always been like a food geek and nutrition nerd. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, at some point, I want to do something uh, in this realm, but I didn't expect for it to come about the way that it did. So I spent 20 years in corporate America, external affairs and public relations. And then I ran a nonprofit for 10 years. And the last two years of running the nonprofit, um, it was March 23rd, 2017. I was walking down the street in New Orleans and I just went to step on a bourbon street. Like my jaw went numb, my hands began to tingle. Like I had every single stroke symptom and that day began a process, a two-year journey of me meeting with 18 different doctors, going to two world-renowned medical facilities. Um, I had over $20,000 out of pocket because I was doing mo- both Eastern and Western medicine, trying to, I was going to acupuncturist, physical therapist, cardiologist. Um, I even went to have breast reduction surgery because I didn't know if that's why the neck and the pain and the tension was part of the problem. So I tried every single thing possible. Um, But what I didn't think about at the time was that this story had been building for quite a while. So when I started to look back, my hair had been thinning and my mom's hair is thin in certain places. So is my grandma. I never thought twice about it. Assumed it was um, hereditary. Um, I had some tingling in my hands and feet. I kind of ate too much sugar. So I knew that and I knew how to balance that out. But then the heart palpitations and all of those things, I hadn't really started to put them all together into a cohesive story. And once I did, I discovered that uh, while never diagnosed, every single doctor came back with my health was perfectly fine. I discovered there were hormone issues. So that journey of discovering what was going on with my body, doing tons and tons of self research uh, and getting two certifications I discovered that I just had a hormone imbalance and the only thing I need to do, never took any medicine or anything like that. I just had to change the way that I ate. It's so crazy. And you're not the only person that deals with this situation that you go to specialist after specialist only to be told like, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) I know. 
I know it's so super frustrating. And, and I, that's part of this whole journey was me um, seeing. So at first I didn't tell anyone, like I was, I had a board of directors that were my bosses at that time. So I told my board chair, I think one or two other people on the board and then my family knew. So I kept it to myself, but when I started to tell more people or people would start noticing a difference, I started to discover exactly what you just said. Like, this is so common that either they will prescribe you a drug and then people will be like, okay, the doctor said, take the drug. I'm going to take the drug. Or even if they can't find anything wrong with you, or they'll just find something wrong and then dismiss it as, especially for women, you know, it's all in your mind. What are you stressed about? What's going on in your home life that you don't want to talk about? All of those different things come up. And that's why I, when I uh, work with clients or I'm talking with anyone, I always tell people, make sure that you're advocating for yourself, get those medical records, read through it. I know it's, it may be boring to you. You may not understand. Google will become your friend, but read through that, get that self-knowledge so you know what actually is going on in your body uh, and then make the changes and adjustments that need to be made. So a lot of that you kind of started figuring out on your own where did you turn to start figuring that out? Where did you do your research at? How did you go about that? Yeah. So uh, as I said, I was kind of a uh, nutrition and foodie geek before. So I was leading a semi-plant-based life at that time. Um, Occasionally I would have like salmon or something like that. Um, But I was off like, you know, chicken, beef, uh, turkey, all of those other things. So I knew what to eat but I wasn't eating consistently and I wasn't getting a good um, protein, carbohydrates and fats. I wasn't eating balanced. Um, So one of the doctors that I ended up going to was a naturopath and a chiropractor. And he was like 2000 miles away. So we did everything online, but he gave me a two pager, which was really helpful because he basically said, all of this is quote unquote wrong with you. Not in a bad way, but he just explained it to me and told me to eat this and don't eat that. But that was it, and take these this list of supplements. But there was no um, support as it related to accountability. There was no follow up. It was just the two sheets of paper. And what I knew is I didn't want that for anyone else. So I started the research. Just uh, again, I went. I found two uh, different um, companies that or organizations that did uh, nutrition training, so you can get certified. So that was part of my research. I started to Google everything. <laughs> and then I started just reading books, you know, how not to die, um, uh, how not to diet, all, all the different books, watching documentaries like Heal and What the Health, and then piecing all these parts together until, because there's so much um, disinformation out there and so there's a bunch of stuff out there. So I started like piecing together all the different things that um, started to tell the story and sound like what I was going through. And based on piecing those things together, along with the, the two sheeter of what I needed to eat and what I didn't need to eat. And that's how I came up with my solution. I think part of my, um, what I often tell people is, even though I came up with the solution on my own and a lot of research, everyone is so different. So that's why I always tell people, even even if you have someone that's a, your accountability partner or you're working with someone, make sure that the work that they're doing for you is custom to you. And I think that's so important because, and I talk about it as well with the coaching I do and that it's like, 
just looking for that generic thing that helps everyone else or talking to your friends and family and figuring out what works for them isn't necessarily going to work for you because everybody is different. Everybody is completely different. So um, one of my friends is a chiropractor and she told one of her clients to stop eating avocados. Like who would have thunk it? You know, avocados, healthy fat. But it was incredible what it did to even the overall appearance of her body because that was something that wasn't right for her. Mine with um, cabbage, carrots, apples, and peaches. And for some reason, like the summer before my big crash, um, we had the best peaches available. So there was a little market on my way home every single night for like three or four weeks straight. I'd stop. I'd eat one on the way home. I'd eat a whole bunch at night. So I, I probably... <laughs> probably triggered something extra. But but I said all that to say like it's custom to me. So while other people can tolerate cabbage or carrots or peaches, that's not right for me. So part of my work makes sure that I peel back the layers of what's going on in the woman's body down to the DNA. So we do a hair analysis so we can figure out what your triggers are, what foods you need to avoid. And then we do a hormone assessment as well seeing where you are, if you're in overdrive, hypothyroidism, what other things are going on in your body before we had the conversation about how you need to eat differently. That's awesome. And um, I've done over the years, I've done a couple different food intolerance things and I've really since then just learned to kind of pay attention to my body and know what I need to avoid. And yeah, it's the same thing. It's for me, it's tomatoes, grapes, and I can handle some chicken, but it has to be organic. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's just, it's, they're quote unquote healthy foods, but yeah. just not for me. <laughs> yeah. And that, and yeah, just when you said grace, I'm like, I love grace. And then, so tomatoes started bothering me as well. I'm like, I'm not giving those up. I just have to figure out how to get around it. But what you also said, it's so important is that you recognize, you know, your body now. So we all go through so many physical changes. So while the spreadsheet or document may say, you know, no carrots or cabbage, but we also need to recognize our own intolerances and start to be aware because you know, cause you're like, oh, I feel a little upset. My stomach's upset if I'm eating X, Y, Z. So stop eating it and, or come up with some healthy alternatives. So watching that's part of the conversation as well. Learning to recognize what your own personal triggers are. Yeah. I say the grapes themselves don't bother me. It's the fact that I do like a glass of red wine every once in a while, which I still do. I just know it'll affect me later. Yeah. Isn't it right? You, you're, you're right. So like same exact thing, same exact, like, you know, if I really want to eat a peach, then I'm going to eat one, but I have to know that I just have to, you know, suffer the consequences. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you can't be perfect. So if you try to do everything at 100%, like hundred percent, I won't eat cabbage. I just, I just refuse to eat it anymore. Or, and I won't eat ice cream anymore, which is very sad. But, um, <laughs> but if you are like at 80%, 85%, um, you will, um, that alone will help you get to where you need to go. We don't, I always um, say that you cannot be perfect because sometimes perfection causes other problems. So yeah, just trying, trying to eat a healthy balance meal. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just trying to get that perfection too, just can be stressful as far as if you are somewhere, whether it's a like 
work conference and you're very limited on the foods they have for that they're giving you for lunch or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, obviously if you do have something like celiacs that, you know, like, yes, if you have gluten, it might kill you or put you in the hospital. Like, okay. Then avoid it. But it's going to be one of those things that's not going to settle the greatest with you, but it's not going to necessarily harm you at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think having that flexibility is important. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Um, and, and I love that you pointed it out and that you understood it is that when we're looking at these documentaries or reading books, that there is so much disinformation in there because we are still pulling in people's biases around, around things. Right. Um, and I just think like, especially with documentaries, these tend to get watched and it's like, that's the gospel on that subject. And there's like no other questions about it. Yeah. And I think we forget that like all doc, I shouldn't say all, most documentaries are funded by some organization or group. So there's yeah. always going to be a bias when right. that's happening. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. So watch with care and you know just like with anything else watch with care so I will say that I lead a plant-based um lifestyle I I know for my body that's what works because I know what meat protein does to my body but I also know uh clients um I know clients of uh, other people that they have to have some type of meat protein because they can't get their B12 level up to where it needs to be or they're just missing too many other nutrients in their body. And that meat protein is the only thing that will help them get to the next level. So recognizing, just like we said before, everyone is an individual and we have to figure out what's going on in their particular body in order for us to support them or, or in order for them to, um, to be able to support themselves. So everything you listen to, like, I'm a huge what the health nerd. I love watching it. Um, I actually got to interview one of the ladies that was on what the health before. Um, there's a one documentary where Arnold Schwarzenegger is on there that actually got my husband not to eat meat for a couple of weeks. So, so while they're good, you're exactly right. Look for the parts that are going to work for you and for your lifestyle. And then eliminate what doesn't work for you. Because for example, I, I cannot think of the one, the sports documentary, but anyway, the um, part of it is the, the football player's wife is cooking all this food for them and they're sitting around the table eating. Well, if you really kind of look, it's like a bunch of fake mac and cheese, fake burgers. So ultimately the food that they're eating though, quote unquote, plant-based may still be a lot of um, processed food, a lot of additives in their food. So you're right. You have to look at everything and decipher what's best for you and, and get the message that you're supposed to get out of it. Yeah. And that's a great point too, when you are talking plant-based that, and not to advocate for plant-based or against like whatever you want to do is what you want to do and what works for you. But yeah, you can eat really poorly plant-based Yes, you can. You can. And so it's good. Good that you said that because I was a vegetarian before I got really sick. So I was a pescatarian. But again, I had all of the knowledge up here, but I wasn't actually doing it. So I was doing the cheap vegetarian, you know, go get a bean, black bean burger from a frozen processed black bean burger um, in a case of an emergency, which ended up being, you know, like three nights a week. 
Or instead of making my own kale chips or making my own um, whatever type of food, even making my own cheese where you can use like cashew and fresh products, um, I was tending to gravitate towards the convenience of being a vegetarian. And that that's, it, it's money. So there's so many new things that say, oh, it's vegan, oh, it's vegetarian, but it may not necessarily be for you. So you're exactly right. You need to um, recognize that just because you're saying you're plant-based doesn't necessarily mean that you're eating right, nor that you're eating right for your body. Yeah. You know, I pretty much since I've been in, once I got to college, I pretty much stopped like eating processed foods for the most part. And like, if I did go buy bread, it was the bread that had like seven ingredients and you could buy each of them at the store if you wanted to and make it yourself type thing. Yeah. Um, I've never really understood the bread that has like 20 different ingredients, none <laughs> of which you can't pronounce. None of which you can, I know, I was going to say with an X, Z, or you can't pronounce it. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of the vegan food supplements are the same way. Like, yeah. especially if you look at the cheese, it's like- yeah all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. There's so many added ingredients. So uh, that's, um, I was on, I was doing a rotary event and someone um, stepped up and was like, oh, but after I hear, heard your story, I'm going vegan. I'm like, wait, don't. Like you need to understand what you're doing, what you're doing to your body, what nutri- nutrients you're going to miss if you're living the right vegan lifestyle. And you also can't do it um, it's, I, I believe it's worse for you being a vegan and eating processed foods and just not being a vegan and eating processed food because one, being a vegan, you're pulling or plant-based, you're pulling things out so much anyway. And then think on top of that, if you're adding processed foods to it, it it's, it's just set up for disaster basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I think that is, and I'm spacing on the documentary name again. I know it's when you're talking about or I should say I'm spacing on as well, but I know what you're talking about. But when that came out, I had a number of people that I know on Facebook, like switch over temporarily. Um, all of them were temporary. Um, to <laughs> And I kind of messaged all of them just like, hey, just a heads up. It's not necessarily a bad thing to do, but you need to make sure you know what you're doing, getting enough calories and getting your nutrients, getting all of your essential amino acids that aren't in a lot of the different foods. Um, and so there is just so much with, when it comes to nutrition, it's not just eating these foods that you think are healthy. It's making sure you get all of those micronutrients in you as well. Mm -hmm. It is. And so in order to do like, I, people are like, do you believe in supplements? I'm like, I, the, the way that I eat and the quantity of food I eat, I know that personally I have to supplement because I can't eat as much as I need for my body. And I'm, you know, not tons and tons of supplements, but making sure I get a good multi, making sure I have a B12 and so forth. Um, because there's a lot of food that you need to eat in order for you to get all of those nutrients in your body. You need to be eating practically all day long. <laughs> At least, like, I usually have a little bowl of chickpeas right by me. They're like, oh, you know, or something to munch on all the time because you want to make sure that you keep a steady metabolism and that you're not eating things that will cause inflammation in your body. Yeah. And you know, I'm all for getting as much as you can nutrient wise from food, Yes, but I, there are some supplements I take as well, but I think we also need to remember that like 
if you look at foods like vegetables, I should say produce, fruits and vegetables from 50 some years ago, they are much more nutrient dense than today, just because the soils are so stripped now. Yes, that's so smart. So um, I can't remember if I was writing a blog post, email or whatever, but um, so it was about calorie counting because people think, you know, I can count. I'm like, really, you can't if you think deeply about it, because you don't know what soil, what area of the soil it came from, how long it was in a hothouse, what temperature you could, like there's so many different things that go into that. At some point you have to be missing part of the calories, part of the nutrients because of all of the processes that take place. And you're exactly right. The the soil is so different now. Um, I was, my mom always says, well, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go plant-based ever. And I'm, I always try to get them to like, you know, lean towards it a little bit more. I said, your mindset is around, I always call him Peter the chicken, which I don't know if he existed or not, but she lived on a farm. So they fed Peter the chicken. They, um, she said that they put him out like a week or two before they were going to eat him. So that chicken got the right amount of exercise. They knew where the soil was from. And it was 80 years ago, the soil was more ripe and nutrient. So of course she could eat him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So thinking about all of that, what's actually going into our food is really, really key when you want to change the way that you eat. Yeah. And not that, I mean, I, once again, I'm not going to say vegan versus eating animal proteins, good or bad. I personally do eat animal protein just because that's my body responds better that way. I've done both ways, um, just to test. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, we need to make sure we're still getting like, I still like to say I'm very plant-based diet. Cause like you look at my, at what I'm eating and it's a ton of veggies and a little bit of protein. It's not like normal American plate where it's mostly meat and then maybe a little bit of veggie there. And so I think it's still important to understand that yes, you can eat animal protein, but you can still have a very, very plant-based diet. Let's take a quick break to talk about True Nutrition. True Nutrition is a supplement company. And yes, they do have the prepackaged bulk type performance supplements that a lot of companies have. But what I absolutely love about them are their customized options. You can get protein powder with a wide variety of types of protein in it and choose what flavoring you want on it. And along with that, throw in some different boosts to maybe help decrease your inflammation or improve your endurance, improve your recovery, really make it for what you and your body needs. And not only performance, they also have healthy food options as well. You can customize smoothies and oatmeal to really be what you want. So it's a very quick and easy breakfast option or even on the go option. So check out everything that they have at truenutrition.com. And if you use code GYF, you can save 5% on your order. And you can also check out all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now back to our conversation. Yeah, because it, it's about balance. It, it's completely about balance, making sure that, again, what you're getting is what's right for you and for your body. Um, and again, I know, so, like, as I said before, it didn't work for me, but I know so many people that have had to add it back 
just so that they could, um, again, their hair started falling out by, because they just weren't, even though they were, uh, two people I know were eating right, like quote unquote right, like they were getting every single thing that you can imagine into their body, like super healthy fats and good carbohydrates, but it just wasn't right for them. So they, they had to add um, a meat protein back. And that's fine with that. I just say, as you said, uh, grass-fed, if you're um, getting seafood, wild-caught, just make sure you know where you're getting your meat protein from because of all of, um, just like the soil, all of the uh, antibiotics and all the other um, medicines that they put in the injecting <laughs> animals. Yeah. And that is one thing I am very picky on as far as where it's coming from. I'm not going to get just the cheapest thing on there because it's on sale. Yeah, I know you can't, you can't eat like that. And I, I, I recognize some people have to, or they may need to, but when of all possible buy a better cut and then just eat less of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When you started making the changes, especially when you realized it was more of a hormone issue, how to deal with the nutrition side of things, how soon did you start both feeling and seeing a change in your body? So it took a, a long while for me. So I had um, 50 years of stuff to get rid of. So I think the longer that you've been um, um, putting all of those toxins and all of that st bad stuff in your body, the longer it takes. And it's different for everyone, just like eating different. Um, the recovery process is different. It took about a good year. Um, and then I got um, a chiropractor involved as well. So that helped me um, more with my, all, the chiropractics, and I don't completely understand how it works, but it truly helps when you, <laughs> with the, not only with the alignment of your body, but it helps in recovery from things like digestive issues, just like yoga. Yoga can help along with digestive issues as well. So uh, my chiropractor was able to help me with my digestive issues, the problems I was having with my liver all of those things. So it took about a good solid year for me to start feeling normal. And then now it's um, like, I know when I get off, you know what I mean? Like if it's, you know, a couple of weeks and you're just like eating junk and you're not paying attention or not exercising, I can snap back and it takes like two days and I'm back to normal because I've built that up in me and I don't let it get too far gone. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a, as far as with you now, um, with your work, you do like DNA, hair analysis, all of that sort of thing. What you kind of mentioned briefly, what kind of information is coming back, but more specifically, like what information are you gaining from that? And then how do you use that to figure out what someone either should be eating or should yeah, be eliminating? So the, uh, the company that I use actually gives a good list of um, deficiencies that you may have. And they give a good suggestion of, you know, deleting salt or dairy or gluten out of your diet. Um, and then um, I take that information and then I build uh, a nutrition plan for them, suggest a nutrition plan. I'm not a nutritionist uh, <laughs> for them based on the information that's in that analysis. So if um, you know you need to eliminate dairy, and some people don't think of eggs as dairy, and some people also don't know what 
an alternative looks like. So I help them build that plan around alternatives of how they can still get the same nutrients from their food if they're not eating dairy and then help educate them also on what dairy and dairy products are and how to read labels as well because you would be surprised at what dairy is in and you're thinking, wait, this isn't a dairy-based product but it's in so many of our canned uh, ingredients. So helping them read those labels and get through that process as well. One thing that's super fascinating, my, um, my ex was had a dairy intolerance. And so we started, I haven't eaten dairy for quite a few years, um, pretty much since I moved to Arizona, I think. Um, but it wasn't, it was just by choice. It wasn't even something like I needed to avoid. Mm -hmm. I just did. Um, but yeah, when you start looking at labels on how much stuff has like whey or whey protein or some other portion of dairy, it's pretty it really is it. I, I think of it as, um, just like with sugar, that dairy is, uh, we gravitate to that as a feel good food and we like the way it tastes. We like the way we feel after we, you know, have a big bowl of ice cream or some warm chocolate milk. Um, and so adding ingredients, like slipping ingredients like that into a canned product keeps us coming back. So that being conscious of what's in the product, again, as we said earlier, if you cannot read the label or it has, I always say, stay away from O's, like O-S-E. <laughs> if it has any of those, or, or as you said, too many ingredients, um, you know, stay away from those. So that, that report that I get provides that information. So it helps me support the client better and then support them specifically. What I know, I have fun playing around with creating recipes and especially to substitute dairy, just because it's fun for me to yeah. play around. Um, but what are some just like easy suggestions you give to people to start that process of taking dairy out? Yeah. So, um, find what you like and, uh, there's always a substitute for things. So, um, cheese, like, um, Parmesan cheese is just, um, cashews and garlic and one other ingredient. Do you know what I mean? So like you can substitute other things out for those ingredients, plant-based milk, there's a ton of them now. So I usually drink, like I like hot chocolate and I, so I'll use hemp milk, cacao, two dates and a half of banana. And that's your chocolate milk at night, no dairy involved. Um, again, plant-based milk, you can buy plant-based yogurt now, all of those types of things. I haven't had, I, I, it's funny you mentioned the, the dairy part because I was talking to my mom a couple of days ago. I'm like, I haven't had real ice cream since spring of 2019 because I felt so ill. I'm like, I will never do this again, but you can have nice cream. So you can freeze a banana and then add the berries and so forth to it or make coconut base. So there's a ton of different ways to substitute out. Um, if you're trying to use egg, chickpea, the, um, what's the liquid, liquid fava, liquid fava, liquid fava, aquafaba, that's what it's called. The liquid part in the chickpea um, can substitute out as an egg chickpea flour, you can make pancakes, um, omelets out of it. So there's, there's, if you do the re a little bit of research, there's a lot of alternatives that are available and there are healthy alternatives to people who can't tolerate dairy. Yeah. That's the thing is just being, just doing a little research and then sometimes just being creative. Yeah. Um, for me, I use full fat coconut milk for a lot of things. Yeah, I like that it, whip for your whipped cream or as in a a stew or any um, Middle Eastern dish, you can put that in there too. And I always have, have cumin, 
and smoked paprika in my cabinet, like before salt and pepper. <laughs> you can always spice things up. <laughs> I always have those. And then coriander and yeah. turmeric is yeah. a big one for me too. Yeah, obviously. I'm a coriander fan. I, I keep trying. I keep trying. Like, oh, I don't know. about. <laughs> and I eat pretty much anything. <laughs> I do it on um, sweet potatoes and parsnips when I cook those I'll do cumin and coriander and then depending on my mood sometimes I'll do nutmeg and clove mm, one in as well that's a, yeah, yeah it's a good mix for that good. awesome well Stephanie um anything like questions that you get asked a lot that you feel that information would benefit the yeah, listeners uh, a lot of folks ask me you know why am I I'm only eating like four hours a day I'm only eating no carbohydrates, eating a small amount, and I'm exercising like three hours a day. Why aren't I losing any weight? Well, because you're eating a little bit and you're exercising too much. So that's one of the, the biggest questions that I get asked. So a lot of, well, all of my clients end up eating more and exercising less and exercising for your body. So um, some people can go 100% and some people, their body just can't handle it. So trying to figure that out, we, I, um, most of the time they'll have their own, um, their own coach that coaches them on exercise. So working with that coach to make sure that we're on the same level and then getting people to eat, eat steadily throughout the day. Because once you get your metabolism steady throughout the day and you're not eating things that, um, causes inflammation in the body, like a ton of dairy or gluten and so forth, that's when you see the weight start coming off. So that's usually the first question. And the second question is usually, do I have to give up my coffee? <laughs> I'm like, well, can you go from like 12 cups a day to two? <laughs> but yeah, that, that folks usually ask that. Why am I exercising so hard and eating so little, but I still cannot lose weight? I think that's such a it's just something a lot of people deal with that just thinking that if they eat less, they're going to lose weight, not understanding that they're just completely under fueling their bodies in general. Yeah. Yeah. You, once you do that, your body is so smart. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. I may not eat for 14 more hours. Let me hold on to what I have. And then, but you don't think of it that way, but the body's smart. So it does, it holds on to that fat until to those extra um, calories because it already knows that I'm not going to get fed again. And once you, um, the body gets trained and recognizes that, oh, wait, they do love me. They're going to feed me every couple of hours. I'll just release what just came in because I know I'm going to get more. So that's a, that's, uh, your body's smart enough to know that, but that's a, a mindset that you have to work with the client to get them to think about it too, because that's how we're trained. That's how if you look up any diet or anything like that online, it's like, okay, restrict, restrict, restrict. When really you do not need to restrict, you need to make sure you're getting good food in your body. Well, I think too, the, to kind of go along with that, but it's almost people do it without even realizing it because they mm -hmm. may eat a big salad. Yeah. But if they're not putting a ton of salad dressing on, it's like that salad may be 300 calories. Exactly. Because vegetables don't have a lot of calories in them. So I think that's the other issue too, is people just don't realize when they are eating those healthier foods that it really isn't a lot of calorie content. Yeah. That I'm always about like never a naked salad is what I say. So like, you know, put some chickpeas, some lentils or quinoa on top, 
spread on some flax seed or chia seeds, sprinkle on nutritional yeast, start adding as many additional ingredient, good healthy ingredients to that salad. And that's when you have a salad that becomes more impactful and it helps your body. Yeah, absolutely. I love quinoa and avocado on mine. Oh, on your side. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have to cut my avocado really small. I don't know why it's all in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you get more with your, you have like more bites with avocado in them and you cut it small. It's true. This is true. Maybe that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Stephanie, if someone wants has, if someone has more questions for you, just wants to find out more about you, where can they find you? Sure. They can find me. My website is Lee and Ollie. And that's L-E-I-G-H and Ollie, O-L-L-I-E. So leeandollie.com and Facebook and Instagram are also Lee and Ollie. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. It was great talking with you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress? Or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30 minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash asktheocr doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.